Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. And this month, Charlene, we're also adding the intersection of pride pride. So happy mm-hmm. pride. I'm Kat Labien Gay. I'm Charlene. And Kat, we are dropping bonus bonus content today. Bonus. Bonus bonus. We usually have the bonus weedy weedy, but outside of our regu- regular schedule, because we get to talk to somebody super amazing today, um, that is actually in our hometown in Las Cruces, which... We never get to have nice things, so this feels super exciting. (laughs) Yes, Uh, we are. We're talking about another intersection, which is brown pride and beauty. Kat, I know you're not a makeup um, enthusiast. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, You just told me that you had some eyeliner that you thought about wearing, and I asked you how old it was, and you said like 15 years. (laughs) I was like, do not put that near your eye, please, (laughs) for the love of God. but we are um it's a billion dollar industry makeup is everywhere i know for me it felt important because i grew up watching my mom put on makeup every single day so it was like not just a routine but almost a ritual for her Mm -hmm. and has become that for me too and many people that i know so um i i think it's an important topic and we're super excited about our guest I'm super excited about our guest too. I know that it's a billion dollar industry and looking around in the shop that we're in, it's beautiful. I love it. I love the, you know, I grew up loving the chola look. Um, My mom did makeup, although she did like seriously her, her um, eyelash routine was to get a spoon and, and do the, and do the curls. Um, My partner is definitely more the makeup person of the two of us. My 15-year-old makeup, that was the one that you still, or the, the eyeliner, you still had to use the lighter to like mm, heat it up. Wet and wild. Yeah, that to prep it and then put shit. it on. So yeah, that's where I was at. Um, I did give it a try in high school. It did not work out well. You could see the line like right there oh. between the foundation and the rest of my skin. Not pretty, not cute. Um, so tell me why are we talking beauty and um, why is it that it needs a special bonus yes. for us? So we are here at Prados Beauty. Um, Las Cruces is now home to a brick and mortar store that is owned um, and operated by the founder, Cece Meadows. She is Instagram celebrity. She is um, indigenous. She is Chicana. She is representing more of what we want to see in the beauty industry. Well, I say we, me for sure. I'm sure other people too. it's eye candy. I like it. it yes. Uh, but she's got some gorgeous eyeshadow palettes, beautiful blush. And if you walk into the store, it's so much more. I did not even expect half of the things that we saw when we got here this morning. So I'm um, just really, really impressed with all the selection that you have. There's even coffee, there's lotions, there's kids clothes, which I'm about to take all of when we leave here. <laughs> and if they don't find her, I'm going to find some little children that need them. Um <laughs> Yes. But we're here today with Cece Meadows. So Cece, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the Pocha podcast with us. Thank you. Hola, hola. <laughs> so let's get the four one. I mean, we have built you up like, and people can read about her in uh, Marie Claire. You were featured in there. Um, and the photograph that was taken of you is by also a local photographer, Chantel yes. Yazzie Martin, um, who just got an award at the Las Cruces Public Schools board meeting like two weeks ago. Awesome. She's all around amazing as well. Yeah. Um, so you are like, we've built you up. You are an amazing human being, <laughs> a badass. But give us, give our listeners a little bit about yourself. What's the 411 on you? Because you're not originally from Cruces. So right. what was your journey? here yeah so um i'm actually an army wife my Mm. husband is an officer in the united states army and i'm originally from arizona and after high school um i went to college in arizona flunked out like first semester never been away from home party playing sports hanging out like (laughs) doing everything i wasn't supposed to be doing (laughs) um i went back home briefly and then i just took off to California and I stayed there for about 12 years Mm. so I lived in uh, the Central Coast area um, just kind of going to college started working in a bank hanging out with a lot of people that had like a big influence in the finance real estate area there in like the Monterey Salinas area Mm -hmm. just soaking up game just anything and everything Mm. that I could learn from them so um, I have four children and um, I met my husband, Daniel, in Monterey while he was going to MPS. I was a single mom for a really long time. Um, so when I met Daniel, my two oldest children were seven and two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, our little girl, 
she just turned 13. Wow. <laughs> I'm a little emotional about it because I remember the first day that like they met Daniel. I was really um, not skeptical, but just really careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was a few months into like our relationship before I introduced him to my kids. Um, and so when our daughter met him, she just really quiet, you know, just kind of him and her are a lot alike. And so um, I'm also an LGBTQ two spirit mom, which is, you know, a hard job to have. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm super protective. Mm -hmm. And so um, I want to amplify and, you know, you know, like show my kid off and just be like really proud of who she is. Not show her off, but just be like, that's the wrong word. (laughs) Show off is the wrong word. feature center celebrate celebrate yeah i want to celebrate her uh she's very timid and i know that her journey has been really hard for her Mm. and so you know being a mom and being somebody who has no problem like speaking or you know just putting yourself out there i feel like leading is like the biggest tool that i can give her and so um we moved from california when she was eight we were stationed in new york Mm. at west point Mm. which is the military academy for the army my husband taught there for three years and then we got stationed here in las cruces so we moved here last year at the height of the pandemic wow Um, we didn't even know we were coming here (laughs) we thought we were going to be stuck in new york but we made it we've been here in las cruces it'll be a year um, that we got here in July, July 1st, we got here. Wow. Yeah. So, so was it culture shock going from New York? <laughs> I mean, cause you're, you originally from Arizona, Yuma, if I right. remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So small town, big cities back to small town. Right. Was that a culture shock to come back? It wasn't, it was something that I was craving, something mm. that, um, I needed for my mental health, my physical health. When we moved to New York, I was fine. I think maybe the first two months that I was there, and then I ended up getting like a vitamin D deficiency. Um, a lot of that has to do like culturally, like who we are and what's in our DNA, like where we come from. Mm-hmm. So uh, my father is um, originally from Sonora, Mexico. So he was born in a small little colonia, like in the Sierra of Mexico, and. You know, he gets really dark during the summertime, and so that's because he has a lot of melanin in his pigment. Pigment. Um, so naturally, you are derived from a desertous area where there's a lot of sun. But in New York, it was like overcast all mm-hmm. the time. The winters were harsh, you know, just being stuck inside. And so I did, like, I struggled so much there. Um, but I also thrived a lot, just pushing through, trying to you know, be healthy, stay healthy, advocate for myself and advocate for others. Cause those are a lot of things that a lot of people don't understand. Like when you move regions, you can love somewhere, but after a while your body is just not like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like, that's not your region. It's not where your, your people are from. And so coming back to the Southwest was something that was really important to me, important to my husband. Cause he just knew it's like, all right, let's go somewhere where we can get you some sun and I was here maybe like two weeks, and then I was fine. Wow. Yeah. Well, welcome home. Thank you. <laughs> Las Cruces isn't originally my home, but I consider it as my home. I love Las Cruces. I love the land. I, you know, it's a patchy, muscalero, uh, like, land. And so I like to go hiking with my family, and we go out to Tortuga all the time. And nice. it's just like, you know, being there, connecting to other people's, like, lands and their cultures, you know, so... I, I just love it. I don't ever want to leave. I'm just like, let's not leave. Can we stay here? Yes. <laughs> but we love you being here because like I said, and jokingly in the intro, we never get anything nice. But really, it sometimes feels like growing up in Las Cruces, all the cool things, all the new things were somewhere else. Right. Um, and now, you know, fortunately. I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So to really to walk in here just feels like, oh, um, but it doesn't feel like it belongs somewhere else. It feels like it belongs here mm-hmm. in Las Cruces. Right. So True. Oh, right. I love it. I'm, I'm so excited you're here. And we hope you stay. Thank you. Um, I hope I stay too. <laughs> <laughs> we, so 
this is the Pocha podcast. Um, we talk all the time about our identities and the complexity of those identities. Mm-hmm. Pocha being one of them. Um, have you heard that term before? And if I so, have. what does it mean to you? So I grew up, uh, my first language was actually Spanish. And so when I went to kindergarten, I didn't speak a lick of English. So I was in ESL till I was like in second grade. And then somewhere along the way, I just stopped speaking Spanish completely. I mean, I always understood it Mm -hmm. because my grandparents only speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, after a while, I think I was like in eighth grade and I went to Mexico one summer and my cousins were like, oh, you know, like what happened? Like, estas pocha, like you're forgetting. Like, and it was true. I was forgetting. I was forgetting how to speak Spanish. I was not, you know, pronunciating things correctly or you know, if I didn't know a word, I would just make one up. Like, <laughs> Same. Cat's Same. still doing that. It's yeah. Okay. The Spanglish is like, yeah. yeah, I tell people, I invented Spanglish. Okay. <laughs> like, when you're in Mexico, like the first two days is like detrimental to everything that you're doing that summer. Cause it's like, okay, I need to remember. And, but yeah, Pocha, my cousins call me Pocha like all the time now. So I'm proud of it. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> So, but I mean, that's, that's a good point. Like, so your cousins meant it as a derogatory term or like, you know, making fun, poking fun, but you're owning it up. Right. 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 So I think to me, like embracing the word pocha means that, you know, I'm, it's a responsibility like Mm -hmm. to still stay connected, but I'm still growing in a different aspect of creating my own culture you know, of bringing my love of things from Mexico and the things that I learned and the things I used to do as a kid, incorporating them here and kind of, you know, putting a twist on it of, you know, what we do here in everyday life in the United States. And so I'm proud of being pocha. (laughs) Like, whatever. Same. So you have mentioned some some, um, aspects of your background and and you just mentioned like um, bringing them together. So what parts of your background are you most proud of and that you're bringing together and, and putting forth ju- just you as a human, you as a mom, you and your products? Yeah. So, you know, um, I think sometimes it's hard. Um, I was just talking about this the other day with John and Hannah. I think last night I was talking about this, about how it's hard to incorporate two, you know, two different cultures, you know, into one thing. And, and so it's, taking off that stress of trying to incorporate two things and being respectful of both things with just trying to say like hey i'm human i'm one person like i'm this beautiful mix of who i am and so i have to embrace that and just remember that everything that i do doesn't just touch me but touches two different cultures and so um you know my parents were very young when they got married my mom was 15 and my dad was 17 Mm. yeah and um you know we would get out of school on a friday and like that saturday we were all in the you know bed of the truck on our way to mexico like to go stay for the summer because we didn't have a lot of money you know my parents were really young and to feed four kids during Mm -hmm. the summer was really hard so i tell people all the time like you don't know what poverty is um imagine being so poor that you have to go to a third world country Mm -hmm. during the summer to you know just be able to live and so i don't take those things as a punishment or as you know something that happened to me i take it as a blessing because that time that i got to spend in mexico with my cousins and being on that land and you know learning the things that i learned from my grandmother I still incorporate those things every day today and so um, you know I just I try really hard to bring honor to the things that I was taught give it a voice give it something that people can connect to you know every day we talk to people who we work with which we work with a lot of BIPOC people so we try to you know work with you know black indigenous um you know traditional um you know type creators who've you know create things like steven who's you know he's choctaw and kiowa and he takes everything like you know that's native and he indigenizes it to like a culture that is today and so um when we're doing those types of things 
it's always with the intention that you bring honor to who you are as a person and what your ancestors did for you which are lessons right right and so when we put something on a box it's not with the intention to make money and sell the culture it's to amplify it's to show you who we are as a people that we are still here that we've always been here and you know being respectful i you know i've i've heard things like culture vultures and you know we've mm. gotten comments sometimes like how can you sell your people like how can you put them on boxes or put them on bed sheets and mm. like sell them and how, you know it's just like you know what everyone's entitled to their own opinions but when it comes to amplifying your culture and putting a face to who we are and then making money and then taking that money and putting it back into those communities that need it the most i don't i i kind of disregard their comments respectfully because they don't know the background work that we do and so that that is all to bring honor to both cultures and so that's what i try to do every day and the things that we create um i always start out telling our story to whoever we're working with um it's usually it could be 10 minutes it can be a 30 minute conversation it depends on how i feel um some people can grasp it right away and some people it just takes a little bit more you know conversation to explain to them what we're doing and why we do it and unfortunately i've spoken to people and try to inspire try to you know pull out from them you know the things that we need so that i'm comfortable to work together and sometimes you just can't do it and so it's like mm -hmm. okay well it was nice meeting you i i wish you all the best in your endeavors but you know you're not somebody that i want to work with mm -hmm. you know so it really is your medicine it's what you it's what you bring to the table and everything that's done here has medicine it's it's an it's an intention and I think that that's why it's received so well. Hmm. We passed the test. She didn't tell us to leave, Kat. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Still here. Still here. <laughs> that's so beautiful. And I love that you're, I mean, we can talk about heritage and we can talk about our ancestors and we could very easily go down a road of trauma and harm mm -hmm. and hurt. Yeah. Um, and when you see it celebrated, like you were talking about your daughter, I want to celebrate who she is at right. this moment right now um you feel that you feel that in the colors you feel that just walking in here so uh what love you're putting in um is being soaked up for sure thank at least you. by by this by this chicana sitting on your couch right now thank you <laughs> um so you talk a little bit about about finance and you talk a little bit about money um and learning up some things when you had the opportunity to be around some of that um, coming from your background, being very poor, and then seeing some of that money and what that could look like. How did all of that get you into the makeup business? Man, um, you know, it's, it's like one in the same. You can't create a brand without money, right? Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I had to learn at a really young age is the value of a dollar, right? Um, you don't really understand when you're like two or three years old you know i remember finding like a five dollar bill and or, or a ten dollar bill like helping my mom do the laundry and stuff like that and wanting to keep it because i thought it looked cool but i didn't know that that five or that ten dollars was you know going to feed us mm -hmm. and you know when i think about the money that i used to find when i used to do laundry with my mom is that you know you think about what five and ten dollars can get you right now it could probably get you like i don't know one meal for one person now mm -hmm. but back then you know i act like i'm like ancient or something <laughs> but <laughs> back in my day yeah yep. mm -hmm. but you know i'm an 80s kid so like in the early or the late 80s early 90s you know 10 or 15 dollars could get you a long way um and then i remember going to school and I had a teacher my senior year of high school, um, Mr. Peters, he actually told us about like how to balance checkbooks and what checkbooks mm -hmm. were and how to open bank accounts and, 
and I was just like I thought this was something that you know only rich people did like Mm -hmm. um my parents had like coffee cans and my grandparents had coffee cans and um my grandfather is we, we are convinced that he won't sell like this little lot of land that he has because it's like filled with coffee cans like that are buried (laughs) Buried. (laughs) yeah and I'm just like (laughs) it's sad um his house actually you know my grandparents house actually burned down like 20 years ago and he was so upset about it and I'm like he's upset because all of his money was in there Mm -hmm. like he didn't know what a bank was I mean Mm -hmm. I'm sure he did but like he didn't trust the bank Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't trust banks in you know our communities that Mm -hmm, I'm used to working in and so when I started working at the bank, um, I really learned the value of a dollar and what people will do, you know, to save money or, you know, the struggles that they go through not having enough money. And so when you think about Prados Beauty, um, we are not, I think a lot of people have this conception of our brand that we're like rich and we have a lot of money because we do so much for the community, Mm. but they don't know that every time they purchase something from us, they're the reason that we are the brand that we are. They are the reason why we get to do what we do for other people. Um, I started this brand with $150. I didn't take out any money, no loans. We're independently owned. We don't owe anybody any money. It's all um, like... We, once we started um, putting together like the Indigenous Peoples Day launch, I ran out of money. And my husband and I then were like, okay, well, let's take some money from, you know, our savings, our personal savings, and let's fund the Indigenous Peoples Day launch. And so we funded it with our own personal money. And then we turned around, start, you know, once the Indigenous Peoples Day launch went live, we were able to pay ourselves back Mm -hmm. but the value of a dollar when you are a beauty brand owner and you have so many customers that you didn't know you would have in such a short period of time it's really stressful because Mm -hmm. there is no funding for people like us and they say they are but i've been to all of the you know corporate rooms i've been to um Mm -hmm. a lot of the you know grants i've applied for grants i've applied you know i've sat in rooms i've been on the phone for hours you can ask hannah like just pitching my brand and then coming back and be like well we'll circle back around like you Mm -hmm. know in a year or it's like well i don't have a year if i'm talking about just what i can put into the brand so then we always just go back to the people and they're the ones that make the brand what it is so i think knowing that value of dollar how to grow about a dollar how to invest a dollar mm-hmm. um that is something that has made me successful and so i try to share that with everybody that i speak to you know mm-hmm. anybody who wants to learn um our vivant guy came and like put like our security cameras at our house <laughs> <laughs> and he was like <laughs> he was so cute he was like his name is ismael and he's like um what do you do and i'm just like why and he's like i have never seen um somebody like us like our like a chicana like Mm. you know and be so successful and have such a nice house and he's like your truck is like badass like what do you do and i'm just like oh i'm a mafiosa Yes. Stop like, asking no. questions, I know, Ismael. I'm just like, stop asking questions. Just put it in the cameras, okay? No, just kidding. <laughs> La Reina del Sur, for real, so. For real. No, I'm just kidding. No, I was just kidding. I, no, for real. Disclaimer, I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, I started laughing, you know, telling him, like, hey, you know, I started off just like you. Like, mm-hmm. did you go to, did you graduate high school? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, did you go to college? He's like, yeah, but I didn't finish. And I was like, I started out like you. I was like, but I had... Um, a crazy dream you know that one day I would be successful and you can ask my little sister this um, I'm the oldest and she's the youngest of us four and I would tell her when I was little that I was going to be famous I didn't know what I was going to be famous for but I just told her I can feel it like everybody's going to know me I'm going to be famous and I'm going to help everybody I would tell her that all the time 
And so I didn't know at that time I was manifesting my dreams, you know, what we speak with intention. Mm -hmm. And so going back to Ismael, I would tell him, when you were a kid, what would you say about your life? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I just wanted to be a little bit better than my parents. And I'm like, that's a good, like, that's a good goal. That's something to, you know, not be better, but do better. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, I wanted to do better. And I'm like, you can. And so I was like, all of this stuff, I was like, that I have, what if I told you that I didn't have to do very much to work for it? Like, I work hard, but the capital that paid for this house or the capital mm -hmm. that paid for that truck, what if I told you that I, you know, used just a little tiny bit of discipline and invested maybe, you know, 10% or 20% of what I made in a year and it grew into this big thing? And he's like, how do you do that? And I'm like, the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, really? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, I don't even know how you do that. Like, how do you do? Like, do you have to go? You know, he didn't know what like a, an account was like opening mm -hmm. a, a type of account where you can do investments and stuff. And so it turned into this whole like my husband took him under his wing and, you know, they hang out and they talk and they do investment type stuff now. And it's it's teaching you know learning what you know teaching what you learned which i learned from these like billionaire people mm -hmm. who did this like for a living and and just listened all the time don't talk just have a notebook get a pen answer the phone <laughs> <laughs> you know and and hey no that means that business is good so it's fine right right okay. business is rolling right. but we've been talking about your business like in theory we know that you have beauty products but let's like and i know this is coming from the one who doesn't wear a lick of makeup but let's get into that like um talk about your colors talk about why like why even beauty why right so i you know mentioned that i started this in the bedroom in new york with $150, I was actually really depressed hmm. um, when I started my beauty brand. I had a, a culture shock leaving the Southwest, going to the East Coast, mm -hmm. right? I had never been anywhere further than New Mexico. And um, when we left New Mexico, while we were driving through to go to New York, um, I had like a mini breakdown. Like I was like, I'm leaving home. Like I'm really married. I'm really, you know, a mom to a newborn. I'm bringing my two kids with me and I'm moving across the country. You know, I'm starting a new chapter in my life. I was terrified, just scared. And I remember when we left um, New Mexico and crossed into Texas and then did the drive, you know, across the country. Um, I thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to embrace this. I'm going to embrace, you know, my new life. And um, I started applying for jobs before we left New York or California to go to New York. And there was nothing. It was it was weird. It was, you know, I never had a, a problem finding like a, a really good job. I always had like a corner office and, you know, management and stuff is things that I specialize in. And so it was really weird and odd for me to know that I was moving somewhere and I wasn't going to a job. Mm. Um, but being a full-time mom, a stay-at-home mom and a full-time, you know, a stay-at-home wife, that is the hardest job that I have ever had. Mm -hmm. And I've had some pretty hard jobs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> some pretty hard jobs, you know, um, but that was the hardest job I ever had. And I have so much respect for stay-at-home moms and stay-at-home wives because where they were thriving i was watching these amazing army wives like who had been on like their 10 and 15th and 20th move and it was like yeah. my first move you know in like you know almost 12 13 years and i was like how do you guys do it like you know and they're just like we just do it like you know the army calls our husbands go and we follow like and i was it was just it was crazy to me right so uh i was depressed i embraced the suck as my husband calls it <laughs> he's like you embrace the suck you embrace it um and you know the suck wasn't my kids or my husband it was 
that feeling of not being independent anymore. Mm. It was that feeling mm. of being, um, to me in my mind, it was just a stay-at-home wife and mom. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to be able to find value in what I was doing and just being home with my kids. But, you know, I started baking. Um, I would make pastries every night, whether it was like cookies or a cake or cupcakes. And I would prepare like this full course meal from my family for dinner time. And I loved that part of it. But then we all started getting fat. (laughs) (laughs) Thick. It's thick. Yeah, we started getting thick, like real thick. (laughs) So my husband's like, I think you better like you know slow it down with the patience. find a new hobby find a new hobby and I was like (laughs) okay well I can't keep doing that so um I thought you know what I love makeup I do makeup like I go to master classes I'm starting to go into the city I'm starting to you know take more makeup appointments because there's military balls like every weekend sometimes and so I was having to schedule appointments back to back and I hated my tools I hated my tools mm-hmm. that I was working with that I paid hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of dollars for and they wouldn't do their job like I would you know they would start flaking like in the like falling off of the bristles falling off of the brushes or they just weren't blending correctly and I just thought to myself what if I um invented my own brush like what if I mm-hmm. came up with my own concepts my own formulation of how to make like a badass brush and so that's how it started and um, my little girl Cheyenne was born in September and I was already um, like three months after she was born I was like full-on in postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and I thought you know one night to myself like I cannot go on like this I need to find something that gives me purpose you know and and my kids give me purpose that was what was keeping me alive every day but I wanted something more and so I thought you know I'm just gonna go full on into this like beauty thing and start patenting and copywriting and trademarking my designs and stuff like that so I took that $150 I had made from makeup appointments like the weekend before and I started applying for like the trademarks and the copyright stuff and that's how it started um and I'm a super bright person. I'm really bubbly, really like, you know, I love colorful things. Um, and so I thought, you know, I just really want to capture my culture and the colors and the things that, you know, people will put color together. Like it's always like a rainbow or something like that, but it's not really like a design with intention, like that each color has a purpose. And so I wanted to do that. And so um, our first design was crap like (laughs) (laughs) at least you're honest it was I doodled it myself I used my daughter Anissa she's an artist and I used like her little um like these professional little color pencils that I bought her that cost me like an arm and a leg they were really good and I was like well now I know why they cost so much but I remember doodling things and um just using the colors and saying like oh well this signifies a dirt where I you know where I where I came from and this you know this is a symbolism of the skies of how it looks like in the Mm -hmm. evening time like on the Sierra in Mexico like during the summer and so just really creating things with intention and so that's how it started um and then I you know got linked up with Stephen Paul Judd and and it was over like after that collab came together it, it was crazy you know, based on your story, I'm going to say she's part of Team, team Aguantate. Agreed. Yes, <laughs> Kat and I have a, we have a uh, ongoing feud. Team Aguantate versus Team Dramatica. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's usually Aguantate, I'm usually Dramatica. <laughs> but we both go both ways. Yeah. Depending. By Team Mule. Yes. Happy <laughs> Pride. Team Mule. Thank you for sharing all of that about your inspiration for your colors. And the other thing I will say, with all of the intention and love that you have poured into every color, I was really shocked at the prices. Yeah. Very shocked at the prices and how affordable it is for just a regular person. Because I've walked into MAC, I've walked into Ulta, walked in and like drop $85 on some eyeshadow and then you're like okay that was a lot uh better last me for the rest of my life so 
with your pricing, with your colors, with the intention that you put out your products, who would you say, who are you doing this for? Who is your ideal customer? Who are you trying to reach? So it's the everyday person. You know, it's it's the little girl who saves up her money for, you know, a month or two months from doing chores. It's the, you know, guy who wants to buy something really nice for his wife but, you know, makes $20,000 a year. You know, it's the it's the makeup enthusiast who has to have every new release. <laughs> you know, but doesn't want to spend an arm and a leg, but buy something that they find out has formulated really, really good and, you know, is top-notch compared to the stuff that she's paid $85 for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's gear, it's for everyone, but at the end of the day, like, it's mostly for my people, you know, and, um, you know, being Chicana and being uh, first-generation American, like, you like you go back to that value of a dollar there was no way that my dad when i was in high school was going to give me 85 dollars to go buy one thing Mm -hmm. that 85 dollars better be like my makeup for the whole year Mm -hmm. and And then some right and then some yeah like i remember in high school i needed to have like the little clinique compact and you just like put it in your back pocket and everybody had that like that Clinique thing (laughs) the Clinique compact like Clinique compact when I was in high school was like the thing but it was I think it was like 24 bucks or something like that it was kind of expensive and I remember I needed one 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 a month and my dad was just like you don't need that much makeup and it's like I do I need it like (laughs) I I need to have this makeup but I knew that there was no way that he was going to be able to afford to, you mm-hmm. know. So then I support started, that makeup habit, right? So then I started like my own little hustle, like selling candy or you know just doing anything. I've I was I'm just a natural born hustler. I tell people all the time. I've been hustling since the day I could say like how much something costs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna sell this candy with my best friend, or you know just do whatever I could to get money so that I could buy things. I don't want kids to have to do that mm-hmm. to buy Prado's Beauty. I don't want them to have to do things to get money so that they can, you know, buy something that's made with intention for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of our, I call them little girls, but a lot of the little girls who follow us like on Instagram or create looks for us, they live on reservations. Mm-hmm. Some of them live on reservations right now with no running water or you know electricity some of them live like in the most remote you know reservations and we trip out sometimes when we get like the the peel boxes and where we're sending it it's like we've never even heard of this place mm-hmm. like we have to google it and look it up and like dang that is like a remote reservation like we're excited they get mail you know like seriously right? yeah. I'm, like i'm serious we've sent some stuff to some places i didn't even know and i'm like a proud arizonian i felt like i knew every part of arizona like no but you know you you google it or you'll look up like you'll you know look up what the reservation is what it looks like get like images and stuff of it it's 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 poverty it's poverty but to know that we create a product that they can afford and that they want to buy i mean that just like warms my heart so i always you know we'll put in extra stuff in the boxes or we've had someone drive four hours to come pick up one item whoa yeah and they're just you know it's like what you came all the way over here from where and they're like yeah because of mail and it probably wouldn't have got there or you know they're worried about something or like oh you know or we just wanted to drive like to see prado's beauty and it was before we had the shop we just had the warehouse and i remember just being like oh my gosh like no bro like You didn't just drive here four hours for one eyeshadow palette. Like, let me go get you the whole collection. Like, you know, so we gave them the whole collection. And, and, you know, it's just, it's stuff like that. It's, 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 it's for you. It's by you. This is your brand. You know, I often say this is a brand for the people instead of make it affordable. Um, And I know how much it costs to make it. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the business to get rich. You know, you think about like big influencers who are beauty brand owners and 
you see their houses like where they live and the cars that they drive i'm a chevy girl like i i don't want to say that i'm never gonna buy like a corvette or a camaro or something mm-hmm. they're like don't catch me slipping like she said she was gonna buy one but it'll be like for me saving money you know for a lot of years it won't be because i sold you you know an eyeshadow palette mm-hmm. and so it's it's just that it's creating a brand that it's affordable that has beautiful formulations that is made well and i'm a branding person um i'm first a consumer before i am a, a mm-hmm. you know a business owner i know what it's like to go into sephora and you know be a professional makeup artist and want to buy something and i see the packaging and i'm just like what is this like <laughs> so I'm just like what like who was on your design team but you know we do all of this in-house like we design all of this we were at the office till like 10 15 last night 10 10 15 last night just working on our branding so mm. it's 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 high quality mm-hmm. it's beautiful packaging and it's priced so that the everyday person can afford it. I love that. I love that you thought it through all the way to the accessibility piece. We often, in the work that Kat and I do, we talk about access for people of color mm-hmm. all the time to right. money, to contraception, to jobs, to um, lobby, to legislators, to decision makers. What is our access? Uh, so I really appreciate that um, you're giving people access to a little bit of joy. Right. Joy, it's our medicine. Love it's, it. Yeah. And well, so going back to, to the products, um, you had mentioned like making these things with intention, like every color has intention, even the names have intention, but you know, we would be remiss in talking about the success of your products if we didn't look at what you're giving back to the community. Right. So you have um, the, the Prados Promise. Tell us a little bit about that. So the Prados Promise is, you know, just our mission, our you know what we you know what i dream about every day which is to create you know generational wealth for our people to create a level a playing level field like you know making it um you know making it possible for people to come after me Mm -hmm. you know um we have little girls who create like lash brands all the time and you know they'll they create like you know lipstick you know or they they just come up with these little brands that they're you know they're just slanging and hustling like lipstick and eyelashes and they're always like oh you inspired me Cece and I was just like good like I'm happy that my story and what we're trying to do is inspiring you I'm not going to you know stop someone's oh my gosh that's my little brother Sorry, he scared me. <laughs> Welcome to being a small business owner. I know, right? Where your family just stops in. Uh, as people of color, this is right. what happens. <laughs> this is exactly what happens. This is exactly what happened. Thank you. Bye. What was I saying? Uh, was I b- so you were talking about the, the little girls who are followers who oh, do their okay. hustle. Yeah, so the little girls, will, you know, they'll message me and just like, oh, Cece, you inspired me. And, and you know, it's it's not getting mad at them. It's, it's being, you know, there's a lot of brands that get upset, like, when other brands come out and they think, oh, like, you stole our concepts, you stole mm-hmm. our ideas. That really happens, and they really do steal your stuff and your concepts. Um, but that's why you trademark and copyright everything. Um, that's a side note. But no, when, I'm taking notes lesson, though. Lesson, right? But when they, you know, when they message us and they're just like, "Oh, you know, you inspired me," it's like that makes my heart happy. Um, the Prados Promise is, you know, something that I came up with before the brand even was what the brand is. It was coming up with the promise of what it was going to be in the future because i knew that anything that is done with good intention heart love it can never fail and that's what my grandmother used to tell me all the time as a child and she would tell me in spanish and i just remember not really understanding like what that really meant but as i got older i just remember back to what she would say and it's like it's true when you do something with heart intention and love like it really can never fail 
And so the Prado's promise is us promising to give back to the communities. It's promising to give back money when and where we can, but it's also giving back information, giving back a lesson, excuse me, giving back um, the tools that help somebody else achieve their goals. And so when we get these messages from the little girls like, oh, I'm starting my own lash brand or my own lipstick, like, it's good for you. Like, Mm -hmm. save a little bit of your money. Make sure your packaging and your branding is on point. You know, get your business license. Get an EIN number. You know, make Mm -hmm. sure that you trademark and copyright your stuff eventually. You know, save up some money. Like, you're going to need it. If you really want your brand to last and you want your brand to be like an actual stamp in the beauty industry because it's cutthroat out here and they're just like wait what's an EIN number Mm -hmm. or you know what's a what's that or and it's just like okay well here's like a mini lesson in business 101 it's doing those types of things that bring me joy because it's not a secret you can google it you know but sometimes you don't know what to google Mm -hmm. you don't know what to you know what you're looking for it's not ignorance either it's just that sometimes you're the only person doing Mm -hmm. the thing and people are looking at you and they're just like well how did she do it well ask me (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna keep it a secret like there are some things i don't tell you know they'll be like oh who do you do this for and it's like okay it's business 101 like i will teach you how to get there but there's just certain questions you don't you know, you don't ask about certain things and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I'm like, I know you didn't because I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And someone taught me like, this is some questions you don't ask, right? Um, but otherwise, it's we're a full, you know, just ask us. <laughs> it's beautiful that you're not looking at that entrepreneurship as a competition thing it's abundance we can live in abundance it doesn't have to be scarcity all the time yeah you talk about the beauty industry and it's not just you know it's a 500 billion dollar industry it's a lot of moolah it's a lot of money um so if you are in connection with you know 10 people who come out with 10 lash lines they are never going to get 0.00001 percent of that 500 billion dollars because as a small brand it's impossible right but it's when you do things with intention and you do the hard work and you talk to the right people and you get connected to the right people it's sometimes about who you know and not mm-hmm. what you know. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. I hate it so much. But if I'm that one person that they know, then there's just this little hope that maybe they will make that 1%. You know, and so there it's such a big table. Yes. Like why try to keep somebody from eating? Right. You know? And that, that is, that just comes back to upbringing, how you were raised. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you can be a cutthroat entre- entrepreneur. I know them. I'm friends with them. And I just like, hey, man, like, what are you doing? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, it's who you want to be, how you want to create, you know, what you want your legacy to be, what you want people to say about you when you're gone. And so for me, that's what I think about constantly all the time. What are people going to say about me when I'm gone? You know, and and what did I do to change not just my world, but somebody else's? Mm -hmm. And that's what we do through the Prado's Promise. Right on. That's beautiful. So lovely. Thank you so much for being with us on Pocha Podcast. Um, We ourselves are trying to figure out how to uh, brand ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, team Awantate and Team Dramatico over here. Um, is there anything else you feel like our audience, your audience, should know about you or your brand? I don't know. I uh, I feel like I'm pretty open, like on our socials. I think that that's why people love us so much. You know, they connect with us. 
you Instagrammed from your bed the other day. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> you know, I there, we you know we get requests sometimes to do like interviews or like to be on other podcasts, and you know they'll be like, oh, you know, we didn't know if you'd respond because you know you're like you're Cece, like we thought you were too big, and it's just like no, you know we're. I don't feel like I'm ever too big. You know, when people were like, oh, you're going to be on Tamron Han, you're going to be a Marie Claire, and, like, people hype you up, and it's like, yes, like, there's the hype aspect, but at the end of the day, like, I'm just a human being. You know, I have my own generational trauma that I deal with every day. I have my own, like, things that I'm trying to heal past. I have my own things that I'm trying to surpass or that I'm trying to build for those that come after me and so you're right i will instagram from my bed because (laughs) i'm a human being i never want people to look at me and be like oh that's cc like you know she used to instagram from her bed now she's all like bougie and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah that's not me so just being humble you know um i often sit back and you know i'll tell john and hannah like this is crazy like this is our this is my life like the things that I get to do like this is my life like if you would have asked me when I was a little girl you know going through the things that I was going through as a kid if you would have told me what I'm doing now when I was then I would not have believed you at all but again it's just uh it's that humbling to know that you can come from one world and create something for yourself and for your family like it's possible and so that audacity to believe that you can do something different and something better that is what inspires me every day and so just dare to dream so cliche that it sounds that way but it's true dare to dream just talk about your daydreams i used to as a kid all the time i'm a pisces too so i'm super emotional i remember i would like daydream about things and i would say i would sit in my bedroom window and i couldn't see anything for miles and miles but fields and dirt and i would daydream that i was walking in new york city i didn't even know what new york city looked like (laughs) It was uh, from Oliver and Company, the Disney movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That okay. movie is made in New York. And I'd be like, I'm going to walk in New York and, you know, my dress is going to fly up or the air is going to come up my shirt and, like, there's going to be hot dogs everywhere. And, and it did. But people didn't tell you that, like, you can get food poisoning from the hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> there's and the, rats chasing you down. And the air that comes up smells because uh-huh. it's from the sewer. Yes. <laughs> but I went there, like. I, I worked there you know and 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 so I, I I just want like kids and people to have some hope put some hope into those daydreams and those ideas that it's possible just don't get distracted by don't be dramatica <laughs> about the everyday life that you know you just have to keep dreaming and stay away from the hot dog carts but I highly recommend the halal carts. That's, that was oh, my jam. Yes. <laughs> halal is so good. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too. Like, you know, we're in a, a really crazy time right now, you know. So when I was in New York, I um, would go to master classes often, and I'd make friends with anybody and everybody who's in our master classes. And we're all mixed in together. You know, you'd have Jews, you'd have Palestinians, you'd have, you know, um, people from like Iraq, you'd have everybody, every single Mm. type of you know egyptians just all kinds of different people in these classes and our our common space would be our love of makeup and how it made us feel and what we looked like after you know we could paint our faces and be artistic and just become friends and talk to one another Mm. and um when i moved to new york i have never been around so many like gay people in my life and i was so excited because (laughs) especially the makeup artists at new york fashion week i mean just amazing artists and just like the the craftsmanship that they put into their work and who they are as people just really beautiful people and and you know when when i was figuring out 
you know, because I grew up in a really religious home. And I was figuring out that people are just people. It was, it was sad to me that I was raised to, you know, you love them from afar or you, mm. you know, kind of like you put an X on them and it's like people that you're not going to hang out with. And then I became a LGBTQ two-spirit mom and it was just like everything that I was taught was completely wrong. And so advocating for that and, you know, being an ally and, you know, that was the kind of stuff that that I was happy for the experience to be able to yeah. experience, you know, different peoples, different cultures, different backgrounds. And so I tell people all the time who I know have never left their hometown, like what you fear is the unknown. Mm-hmm. You are fearing the unknown. You don't understand it because you don't know it. You've never seen it. You've never been around it. But at the end of the day, like we're all just human beings. So beautiful along with beautiful colors a beautiful human with <laughs> i know i feel like i'm filled with beauty today you, you are, are. You're <laughs> every day every yes. day cat what an excellent pride month bonus bonus edition absolutely and you can watch like for pride month watch how to do some makeup online you have tutorials right. i've been like um slightly stalking <laughs> i find that i find the videos like super like they're not entertaining but they're i i get into it I don't want to use it, but I get into it. Yeah. And it's just fascinating <laughs> how you make that transformation just mm-hmm. with your colors. It's beautiful. Thank beautiful. You. Yeah, I haven't been doing too much of the socials. I've been doing all the background stuff right now. So ha- Hannah and John are doing a lot of the social stuff. I love doing the social stuff, but you know, my my social stuff is from my bed right now. Like I'm <laughs> super it. tired. You know, but when the Indigenous People's Day launch comes out, like, you guys will know, like, that's why she was tired. That's what she was doing. We're ready. Yeah. So, and that happens in October. You've been doing that how many years now for... This uh, will be our second year. Our second year. So, um, you know, you have a lot of, like, clean beauty type brands, and you have a lot of, like, they're either all vegan, cruelty-free, or they, like, you know, don't put any type of chemicals that they think are harsh on your skin and stuff like that and i respect that like that's that's their brand that's their formulation like every brand has their own like niche right niche that they go through so we do something different we take the sustainability part of of makeup to i feel like a whole nother level so anything that you buy from us it's usually made of 100 percent recycled materials so wow. all the boxes the bags um tissue paper mm-hmm. you know anything from like the labels that we put we've run out of stuff because we only use recycled materials and so that is how we put you know that is how we stop the carbon footprint by you know creating brand creating products that are made of 100 percent recycled materials so when you throw something away you know that it's been loved and another part of the branding is you don't want to throw this away i mean it's so beautiful it's art it is it's It's art art. Mm -hmm. it's a collection i mean it's made with so much love i get videos all the time of people like oh look i'm repurposing my box and i just get so excited you know somebody sent me a video um two days ago and they um cut the top off this and they're growing a plant in it they put soil inside the the box and they're like look i'm growing love and i'm just like oh my god like i could (laughs) cry right now and and you know they frame like they'll take this part some people have sent me photos like they'll cut this part off and they'll frame it and they'll put it on like their beauty wall or they just put the actual box like on their beauty wall you know it's beautiful you don't want to throw it away a lot of people don't understand like because it's made of recycled materials once you finish the pans you can just pop out the little the pans the empty pans and keep the eyeshadow palette we may be coming out with something that you can refill it like oh Oh, damn (laughs) there you go we might you know we might wink wink check it check it maybe just keep it it's art it's arte it's beautiful it's it's like i said it's our medicine so love it you can find more of Prados Beauty on uh, pradosbeauty.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
TikTok, all the places. places. They're all the places. Or if you're fortunate enough to live in Cruces or want to make a several hour drive from wherever you are, you can uh, visit the actual store here in Las Cruces. Call us. Let us know you're coming. We'll order food. We'll be waiting for you. And you won't be disappointed because everything in here is beautiful. As a matter of fact, um, my partner and I came in yesterday to scope out the place, you know, for setup, not because we're being creepers. And, um, And she's already like, and we need this, and we need this, and the girls are going to need to come in because they're in band, so Aww. they need to get some of their stuff going. I was like, yes. all right, I'm... Well, poor Kat, we got here, and I was shopping, and she was setting up, and <laughs> I mean... Well, thank you for supporting my small business. Um, we love it. Thank yeah. you so much for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you thank so much. You. Um, and this has been some extra Bocha podcast love uh, with bonus content for June, for Pride, for your beauty, for all of those intersections that you are at. And yes, we still have an upcoming episodio that's dropping on the 15th and a Weedy Weedy that's dropping on the 30th. So don't worry. You're still getting your regulars, but this is just some extra. Mm. Yay. And you can also find us online alongside Prados Beauty. Where can they go? You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, you can also send us an email, bochapodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah. And we'll get back to you. And we love new fans, so spread the word. We do. Um, and for this bonus um, episode, I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And you are? I'm CC Meadows. And you can find us all in Las Cruces. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.